Welcome to the 9 to 5 Joy Podcast. I'm Lepi Garcia. And I'm Christine Selby. We're on a mission to make the workplace more joyful. And we're so grateful that you're joining us today. Our guest today is Vivian Borges. She's a very dear friend. And uh, we are very, very excited to have her with us today. Vivian is the Vice President of Strategy and Operations for StepUp. StepUp is a national girl mentoring organization that focuses on guiding teens and young adults to identify and pursue their own dreams of success. She's also a small business owner and uh, she runs BYOB, which is Bring Your Own Bartender. Um, and in BYOB, she serves up smiles, she serves up cocktails and creates smiles and happy moments. Um, and she does this through on-site bartending and then also mixology classes. We'll learn more about that and we'll leave her business uh, link in the notes so then you can learn more about that and hire her because she's amazing. Uh, so here's what's very exciting about having her here today and one of the reasons why we brought her in. Viv has this really great story about how she came to where she's at right now. She was able to take some time to um, you know, embark on a journey of personal and professional uh, development. And she had the opportunity to pause, reflect, and grow as a strategic step for career exploration. So she was very intentional um, in her journey to get to where she's at today. And we're gonna learn all about that. And we are super, super, super excited to have you. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation. And we can't wait to dive in. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. I'm excited to share my story of how I have found joy in my work. I talked a little bit about where you're at now, but why don't you tell us more about your professional journey and some highlights of your career that you would like to share with our audience? Sure. Thank you. Um, I am a very proud Miami native. I was born and raised here in Miami. I've never lived anywhere else. I'm very proud of my city. I understand it's loveliness, its strengths, and also its opportunities, and have really dedicated most of my career here. Um, in my city, I started as a high school math teacher mm -hmm. at Coral Gable Senior High School, mm -hmm. um, where I taught um, anywhere from Algebra 1 through IB Math Studies, right? And that was an incredible experience. But after seven years, I there was time for me to move on. I was looking for other opportunities that were focused on education, but not necessarily in the classroom. And really, I always think back as this being almost like too, like surreal. It was a bit surreal, but I had this chance um, to work for the mayor's office at the time, um, was Mayor Manny Diaz. And um, I had a someone who I consider a mentor who was working there um, for the mayor and there was an open position as um, I think at the time, I was like the mayor's aide for youth and family. And, you know, she called me online to join the team. And it was really, I went from the classroom to being in a meeting with the mayor and the superintendent about how we were going to work together to improve student achievement, bring in community engagement in the schools and work on capital improvement projects. And I remember being like, wait, I was just in the classroom yesterday. How is this happening? It was really just probably the most incredible experience of my career where we were able to really make a lot of impact in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. 
And um, that led me to City Year. So City Year, I um, was launching in Miami at the time, and they were trying to get a lot of um, it, it get some community champions to to join them and and sort of uh, stand by them and help them launch here. And I was in meetings with them, helping them to make some connections. We did like a big conference together. And when the mayor's term ended, they reached out to me um, to join their team at the time as director of school partnerships, really focusing on building a transformational partnership with the school district here, being the liaison, looking at our service model, implementing it, um, all the evaluation, training, all of that, like all of the programmatic elements. Um, fell under me, and I and I held several leadership roles um, at City Year, both in Miami and then also at the national level. Mm-hmm. And after some time, especially working at the national level, I kind of missed Miami, mm-hmm. and um, the Children's Trust was also going through some leadership changes. And the same mentor that had that connected me to the mayor's office made a connection to the Children's Trust as well, and. We, I was able to join that team um, initially as a director of innovation and then as a chief operations officer. And there I was um, really overseeing the day-to-day operations of the trust, our board relationships, and revamping our grant-making process, which we did together. Yes, so that's together. Exactly. We did that together. And then um, after just 25 years of that career progression and just being very fortunate that kind of one thing led to the next and it all kind of made sense and you know sort of like this puzzle that kind of was was being built my life was gonna change you know my daughter was was graduating high school all of a sudden you know things it, it was I was entering a new era a new phase in my life which I was super excited about but I wanted to pause and just really before I jumped into something else or before I embarked on this next phase I wanted to take a pause and just think about what is this next phase of my life? Not just my job, but like, what is this next phase of of my life going to look like? What is a lifestyle that I want? Who am I in this new phase where it's not like I'm not a mom in the day to day, right? Um, And I had, honestly, I always say it, I had the privilege to be able to do that. It took a lot of sacrifice. I'm not going to say that it just, you know, happened and that it was easy, I recognize the privilege that I had um, to be able to do that. And it was really an experience that changed my life. Well, we're going to hear more about that as we talk. Um, but, you know, like I, I, there are a couple, there are many things that are highlights for me in your story. I think the mentoring piece is something that um, people sort of talk about, but don't necessarily, you know, have the ability to experience or nurture those type of relationships. So I just wanted to kind of pinpoint that because you mentioned how you had this person that influenced your path in some way, in a very positive way as well. And yeah, the taking a pause and just thinking about what you wanted your life to look like. And I think that that also taps into uh, what we have been, you know, trying to message on this podcast around, you know, work is not something separate that you know leave somewhere and then you just go work and then live your life outside of work but everything is interrelated the way you do one thing you do everything we've learned that um so we are just very very happy to have you and for you to share about your experience yeah and to that point of work not being separate the way one thing you you do the way you do one thing is the way you do everything this podcast is all about making workplaces joyful and I think ultimately because we want 
people to be joyful at work mm -hmm. because people are at work eight to 10 hours a day and those should be joyful hours, right? So when we asked you to be on the podcast, what was compelling to you about that idea? Yeah, no, I, I, as Muppy was mentioning to me, and I wrote this down as I was thinking about um, today and, and sharing in my podcast, in, in the podcast, that I see it as like joy in my life, right? Mm -hmm. I, I um, really sought out to live a joyful life and work is part of that. Um, I've always felt this, like for me, there was never like a, not much of a separation because I think I've always worked in um, very mission-driven mm -hmm. organizations and I felt like a very strong connection to the mission of the organization. And so that appeals to me. I think I thrive in an organization that has a strong culture. I want to feel that myself and everyone gets it. We are, even if the mission is like something so far-fetched, we all understand that we have a role to play in like chipping away at whatever it is that we're trying to to get to. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important to me. I love being part of a team. I I thrive in that. I've tried like some independent consulting, but that's not like for me, I want to like, I really enjoy um, being part of, 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 a, of a team that's working together to address something that, um, you know, that where we're hurting, right? And maybe as a community, as a society. And so that's what appeals to me. I think finding joy at work is really more linked to finding like joy in my life because I have to feel that that sort of connection to to things that I believe in yeah I want to ask you a question about something you said you said you find a lot of joy in organizations that have a strong culture when you think of a strong culture what does that mean to you I I think first and foremost there is like this bold vision there's this there's something big that we are working towards and everyone believes in that. Everyone is like in on it mm -hmm. and everyone knows like they have a role to play in, in getting us there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I, to me, that's the, like the essential piece. Mm -hmm. And then everything else, you know, whether it's different um, kind of norms or customs or something that happened within that culture I think that helps right that helps to kind of elevate that and create a space to build team and to connect but I think ultimately at its core it's like there's this bold vision that everyone believes in these oh boy yeah and it goes to that point of purpose which has yes. come up so many times so many times yeah um so we've done a little bit of reflection when you think back on that journey can you pinpoint one or two times that were the most joyful in your career? And what what were the things, what were the characteristics that made those times joyful? Sure. Um, definitely. I I think of I think the most joyful I've been at work is also where I've probably worked the hardest. It was um, you know, I worked for for an organization that had like a big and bold vision mm -hmm. that people believed in and it, it was just nonstop. it was the most i've ever worked in my life the hardest not just mm -hmm. not just day-to-day -day, like hours but just like emotional mm -hmm. uh emotionally time seeing in every way it was you know the hardest i've ever worked but also the most um gratifying and the most um joyful because mm -hmm. i think there there was definitely that like there was a strong organizational culture because it was a big bold vision 
that everyone was working towards. Um, and there was such like such intention about building relationships mm -hmm. within the team. It, it was very much team focused. And there was so much um, emphasis on building a strong team where everyone knew they were working towards something bigger than, than themselves. And there was this, um, and, and even though the work was hard and I could think of like one year, I'll never forget, we're called FY12, like fiscal year 2020. <laughs> never forget it, hardest year ever. We, we grew tremendously from one year to the next. Um, we were scaling up big time and our service model changed with that. And we were, you know, there were days that I was, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what we're doing. Like, what are we doing tomorrow? I, was, I would yeah. freak out. Like, sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night, like, oh my goodness, what if this happens? Um, but I think what was so essential was that we had like a strong team. We had like strong relationships. I was in it. Like, although I led the department, like, I was in it. If we had to, uh, pick up something from here and take it here and do right. this and me with this and do whatever it takes. Like I was in it with the team and I was very honest and vulnerable. Like when I didn't know, I didn't know, you know, and I would say, I, I don't know what, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know this, but I'm going to find out. Like, yeah, we're going to find out. We're going to get through it together. Um, there was a level of trust yeah, between like all of the, all of the team members. And we were just kind of like in it together. And, and, you know, I think some of the strongest personal relationships that I have now, like strongest friendships or people that I yeah. worked with that year. Uh, yeah. right? And that is such a good point. Like the relationships really get so much stronger when you have to go through a challenge yeah. together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I really believe, um, that this best team building, like we could have team building events and those are fun. And then we did that. We had a lot of fun. I think that's another thing that, um, was, was really important part of the culture there is that we took the work very seriously, mm -hmm. but we didn't take ourselves very seriously. And our executive director, oh, I said love, that. like, yeah, I don't take ourselves seriously. We took the work very seriously, but we joked and we had fun and we, you know, made fun of ourselves, you know, and it was just, it was just this, you can just be new in this organization and, and people felt that. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was a family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is so good. And I have so many questions about it, but I know that we have to go. All right. So let's take the converse now. What was the least joyful time period in your career? And what were the things that contributed to that? I think when there is a lack of like a, a bold vision, I struggle in that um, environment because I think what happens and, I, and I've had experiences like that. And I think what happens or, you know, at least one experience where you like don't feel it. You know, you don't, um, if people are there and they're working, I'm not saying that they're not, but you don't feel this sort of like unified connection to something bigger than like the day-to-day -day job. Right. Right. It was, th there just wasn't this like feeling of like, we are all on this ship mm -hmm. together because we're going here and this is why I didn't feel it. Yeah, I didn't. Even though I, I did feel a connection to the mission, I don't think, and, and I'm not pinpointing that people didn't or, mm -hmm. or did or didn't, but there wasn't this kind of like unified feeling that we were all like rowing in the same direction towards this big bold vision. Yeah, I have a really, uh, I have a reflection and a question on that. So, at, but at what point, I'm very curious, when you were in that, at what point did you start to say something is not fitting with 
in how I want to operate. Day one. Day one. Then, <laughs> but then, but you gave it a chance. Then I gave it a chance, and I started to think. I shifted my thinking, mm-hmm. and I said, "Okay, um, this isn't here, right? The organizational culture that I'm used to, that I thrive in, that I really enjoy, is not. That's not what this is right now. But could it be? And that, you know, could it be? And I think I started thinking about." how I could influence it. Like what are the things that I can do to influence it, to create this culture, not just for myself, but for everyone that was working there. And I really started with relationships. I started to build like really just like friends, like history. I felt like almost like I was starting a new school or I'm like in kindergarten and I'm starting school and I need to make friends. That's sort of how I started and thought about it in that way. Um, I need to get to know, I knew some people, but not really, you know, not that well. And so I started to make friends figure out like, and genuine, it wasn't like this fake thing. Let me just go around and have like meetings, right? It was really about connecting with people. I got to know like, oh, this person likes cruises. Oh, my brother works for a cruise line. Let's talk about cruises. You know, it was just little things like that where I could find where we can, like a starting point mm-hmm. and start to build relationships with people and, and start to develop trust is I think that sometimes when there isn't this kind of unified direction, there's a lack of trust because we don't like people don't know where we're going. Right. And so there's, there's like uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I started in that way and I started to think about how can I influence this in some way. And I knew there were lots, there were so many people that felt that way too, you know, wanted it. Um, and so I, I, I started did and I think, I think it did certainly, you know, get better for, for me. Mm-hmm. It did, and then, and then I felt like I had reached a point where I, I influenced as much as I could, and then it was time for for transition. Yeah, would be yeah, come Um, so you've made a lot of moves in your career that may not follow the traditional pathway, right? So. Um, going from being a school teacher to working at the major's office, like the pretty, like you identified yourself as this sort of jump, like sort of unexpected, but that really, you know, was like a, like a really excitable moment for you. Um, but I also think that, you know, that path was sort of, you know, like sort of in the same line, right? You were working, uh, with very community sort of driven uh, organizations trying to work with a specific mission and really sort of influencing um, the programmatic aspects of it or, you know, just community aspects of it in that way. Now, uh, as you have sort of gotten from that to where you're at now, (laughs) which is you have this bartending business, you have, um, you know, your work at um, the Step Up, which could relate to some of the previous professional experiences that you have. But we really want to hear about, you know, we talked about the transition that you had, the pause, and um, we wanted to just explore a little bit more how that, how you came to that pause and what was your sort of thinking of the process that you went through to land on where you're at now, yeah. at this transition that you carry. Um, yes. So you're right. Like throughout, until the pause, my... A career was kind of like a natural progression like from the classroom it was still when I went into the mayor's office it was so education focused like a career changing experience obviously 
because of the exposure and the things that we were able to do, then Sidier was a national education nonprofit, and then the Children's Trust, you know, was a, a basically a funder, right? Like funding organizations that were doing this work, and so that it was a natural progression. Um, and then the pause was really about all of those. I, I have been very fortunate. Like all of those jobs were on. Um, like I was approached or this somebody told me about this opportunity. I had not in a year, like a decade, I don't remember, like actually looked for a job. Right. Yes. And so I kept thinking like, what's out there that I don't even know? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know what's out there. And sure, I could have started looking while I was already working somewhere else. But I think that that, I, I get it. And, and I understand why, you know, somebody has to do that. But I felt like, can I just stop mm-hmm. yeah. and really think? Because before I started looking, I don't, do I even know what I'm looking for? Right. And so I started to ask like these questions. And I, I knew that throughout uh, time, I had already kind of gotten to a place of what I knew what I didn't want. Yeah. Right. And, and that's part of the process. Yeah. Like that's part of the process. Knowing what you didn't want. It's actually an easier part of the process. Mm-hmm. The harder part of the process is knowing what you do want. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I felt like I needed to, to get to right, knowing what I want. And so in that year or so, I, um, you know, when I, when I resigned, I was doing some consulting work and then I, I, I couldn't start and this is all, by the way, in the middle of Yes, right. Yes. And so, um, but I did some very intentional and I was just like speaking at a panel where I spoke about this, like I, I did some very intentional self-work mm-hmm. um through something someone that might be and i both know and that self-work was i think what got me i don't think i know is what got me from knowing what i don't want to knowing what i do want yeah and i had to dig very deep mm-hmm. i had to dig super deep and it was hard like there were moments that were not easy because when you dig deep you unravel a lot um and you have to you know maybe bring up old wounds and understand why certain things are this way or why certain behaviors are this way, all of these things. So I did all of that and it was very, it, it was holistic in nature. It was physical, emotional, um, mental, mm-hmm. you know, it, in any, in every way, financial, right? There were a lot of uh, financial sacrifices that I had to make. And then I got to, the, you know, as, as I was going through that, I got to the realization that I just, need to get away just like go somewhere to gain like that clarity and i actually remember that um like during the holidays mm-hmm. mabi you actually had like we were all the three of us were there yeah and we rolled up like a, a word like in a robbery oh, yeah. and my word was clarity because that's really what i was seeking like a clarity and like what this next phase of my life was going to look like yeah so anyway i embarked on this self-work then i decided that i just i i want to just get away like just go somewhere that i don't know anyone that i can every day wake up and decide what i want to do i don't have to think it like is someone else hungry is someone else going to get up do they want to go to the museum like i just wake up every day and do what i want to do so i left to spain for three months i went to barcelona for three months and i remember I think it was like my third day there. I was like, why am I here? You know, so, <laughs> like, other than the obvious, this is right? Like, oh, yeah, my Barcelona's amazing. Why am I here? And I realized that it was, there were three questions that I was seeking to answer. What do I want my lifestyle to be, mm-hmm. right? This new phase, right? What do I want my lifestyle to be? Second, 
what work do I want to do that aligns to that lifestyle, right? Like the bigger picture with the lifestyle. Then what is the work that I want to do that aligns to the lifestyle? And then third, what are the relationships in my life that, or the types of relationships either that I have or, or, you know, would want to have that align to that lifestyle? And I left, I left Spain, like I left Barcelona crystal clear on all three of those. And I think, and yeah, I have found it. I have found all of it. Like I live the life that like, I really genuinely do. Like I'm very happy. I have a lot of joy in my life. I love my jobs. <laughs> I love them. I love the work that I do. And I love the relationships that I have. Things yeah. fit like my life really well. And, and it just, it all makes sense. But it's not because like, they just like happened. Oh, I was so fortunate. It's because I was clear. Like I knew what I wanted. And when you know what you want, these things present themselves, right? You're like, you know what to look for and you see them and you, I don't know, tap into them. I don't know what it is, but there's something about the clarity mm-hmm. that connects you to these mm-hmm. things that brings it to life. One of the reasons why we love having this conversation with you is because um, Christine and I were talking earlier and we feel that um, when you embark in a journey of getting that clarity, you start getting all of these sort of, um, these voice in your head saying like, oh, that's not possible. Like, yeah, you may want that, but how are you gonna find that? So people may have at a certain level, like clarity in what they want, but then at the same time, they have these voice or these, or like other people like clearly telling them like, what do you mean? Like, you're not gonna find that in that industry or, that doesn't exist or all companies are the same or, you know, you right, already know, right, right. you already went out calls for this and why are you going to, so tell us a little bit about that process of sort of not only finding the clarity, but also I feel like getting like the courage mm-hmm. and the determination to be like, no, this is not negotiable. Like this yeah. is what I want. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard all of those things that you said. <laughs> I heard all of those things. I had a lot of support too, but I also heard. A lot of those things, you know, I, I, and I had lived my whole life, like pretty, you know, I was the first in my family to graduate from college and I, you know, had like a career and I got married and I had a daughter. Like I, I went through like thing, the, the, the way society says that you should do things. I, I did all of that. And so when all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to put my job, I'm going to get my bartending license and I'm going to figure it out. It was, you know, I was like, what, what do you mean you're going to quit your job to become a bartender? No, that's not what I said. And he at the end, so there was a lot, you know, there was a lot of that and a lot of like a lot of questions, which I understand. Mm-hmm. I also had a lot of support. I, I laugh all the time because the, when I was leaving to Barcelona, I was 45 years old at this point, by the way, right? Like, and I'm leaving to Barcelona. I think I had like five going away parties, <laughs> letters, notes. I like my mom and my brother dropped me off in the airport and they were crying. Like it was just this, like, it was like if I was an 18 year old going to like a semester abroad. Yeah. It was, I, I, I think about it all the time, like reflecting back, it was so funny. Um, but that just shows like the amount of support too that yeah. I had, even people yeah. that were like, what is she doing? Supported me. They did, even if they weren't sure, but I did hear all of those things. But what I kept thinking about was like, and I have this window. Who gets this window? Who gets it? Like who can just, I mean, it's so um, unique and so rare. And how can I not like take it on? How can I not do it? Like whatever the sacrifices are, like how can I not take advantage of this small window that most people do not get? 
And I felt like I had to. Right. Like I felt like there was no choice. Yeah. Uh, I I want to ask a question because as you were talking, I was thinking about how interesting it is that you've been through this whole journey and now you're in a position where the organization that you're working for is really geared to helping young people make young women make decisions about your life. So when you think about that, like what would you say to those young women are like, what are the things you should be thinking about as you're making these really critical decisions? Oh my goodness, I love this question. And I, I, I was just, um, I, I was just in an event where I was on a panel and it was for girls that are nine to 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And they asked us oh. a question, I know. Oh, they asked me the question of like, what would you tell your 10 year old self? Oh, wow. And this is my, and I, there's just a lot of things, you know, my, my, something my grandmother told me yesterday as well, right? I was 45, I think, when I truly saw myself, when I truly like dug deep and saw who I am. And I, and it's never too late, right? But I wish I had done it when I was, you know, a teenager or younger. Where, and I, and I told, that's what I said today. I said, like, I, I would tell my 10 year old self, like, look in the mirror. Who are you? What do you like? What do you not like? What do you, how do you see, what do you see yourself doing? And then even if it's not something that seems possible to you right now, like one of your dreams, I wish I had done that. I, I wish I could um, have done obviously a less kind of sophisticated way of doing it, less formal way of like this holistic health approach, but really like understanding and knowing, seeing myself. I wish I had seen myself um, then. And, and that's a lot of the work that we do at Step Up, right? We help girls see themselves so that they can identify in their terms what their dreams of success are. And then we help guide them there. But that's a big part of what we do. And it's interesting that I understand that has been also a shift in the vision and the mission for Step Up, right? Like before it was much centered in like girls getting like the education, like the, the yeah. regular degree and so forth. Yeah. Whereas now it's more holistic and it's more individualized yeah. because I feel that that's also a thing that has come up a lot and that, you know, it's relevant to what you're saying, but also in general, I think that the human need of being seen mm-hmm. and identified and recognized in our individuality plays at all of these levels, right? Mm-hmm. So it's us identifying ourselves as individuals who have like a specific needs at one side and all of it. And at the same time, creating environments in our families, in our works, in our friendships, where we can be that, right? And and people see us as those individuals. That's beautiful. Thank you. I have, I just, we could spend like three hours (laughs) on this podcast theory. Um, Okay, so we wanted to ask about, because now you have, so you have these two sort of very different uh, work environments. One being, you know, we step up at a national level. Most of the work that you do is virtual. Mm-hmm. So um, it's remote work. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then you have your bartending business where you, you know, go out, go to different places and post to sort of support events. So clearly these are two very different experiences. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how did you decide that this is what you wanted in this point of your career, right? Have two jobs, which both are demanding in their own, right? Uh, then for them to be like so sort of different and how do you see them sort of supporting you and 
complementing each other as you, you know, um, live the joyful life that you set up? Um, so, so yeah, so when I, the bartending was something that I, I started to do event bartending during, you know, this, like that transition year. And, um, I really enjoyed it. Like I, and I knew the event bartending Then when I left to Spain, I, I wasn't doing it there. I came back and I came back with this clarity. And so when I came back, I was doing events again while I, you know, sort of pursued the, the job or the career that I wanted. Um, and when I was going through that journey of job searching, which by the way, like I hadn't searched for a job in over 20 years. It was a whole other world. Do we need another I really, I, I, I was working with someone who like, was just like, map it out. Like you've gone through this whole journey. You're clear on what you want. What are some of your non-negotiables? Like these are things that you are not, you know, you, you, you've done too much to settle, right? Mm-hmm. And so I listed it, like I did like a whole, and that really works for me. Like these, um, you know, what do you call those? Like, like rain birds, like the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, vision, vision words. And I, I did that for, I did it when I was wearing a spinning. Like I did it when I knew I wanted to be, I did it for this, where I said, um, what are some of these non-negotiables? And they were, I wanted, I, I wanted something at a national level. I just kind of was ready to, um, you know, work with other communities and do something, not just in something that could be in Miami, but also in other cities. Um, I wanted something that was mission driven. Like I really believed something where I connected with a mission. I wanted an organization whose leadership represented the people they served. You know, I wanted to ensure that there was like diversity in leadership. That was really important to me. And I, I did because of the lifestyle that I wanted to live. I, I did want something remote. You know, I wanted, I wanted flexibility. That was a really, uh, an important factor. So those four things were just non-negotiables. And I started to be more strategic in, in my search, but then this opportunity shows up on LinkedIn. And, um, and so I start to look into it. it turns out that the, the CEO and I have people in common. I start to like you know, reach out to, I, I reached up to her, I reached out to, and, and as we started talking, and I, as I had a conversation with her, um, she tells me actually like this, I have this other position that I haven't even posted yet that I think you would be on deal for. And, and so we started to have more conversations and it just like hit everything like <laughs> national level, uh, but I mean, helping girls identify the dreams of Santa's and like type remote and flexible, like it's a nonprofit that has unlimited peak time off. What, what have you ever heard of that? And really believes in it. Like he really like, uh, sort of nips it and breathes it. Um, not because like people need to be taken, but because people should choose those times that they want to take off and that they need, um, diverse leadership. Like it, it just like hit all of them. And I was like, wow, like this is incredible. Like, dream so, is my dream is here when it's here. And, and then I said, okay, I, I, I took this job. I started, I was like, oh, like bartending would just be for fun when I get together with friends, my family, things like that. Um, and then I had a friend tell me, oh, I know you, you know, you stopped doing this, but I have someone that's doing a party. Like, would you bartend the party? And I was like, sure, why not? My daughter was in town from college then. And so I said, oh, come help me do this party. She had never, you know, bartended a party anything before. So we're showing, we were like a hit. It was like a single <laughs> of people like just loved it. We had the best time. And I remember we were packing up and like getting everything in the car. We're like, maybe there's something here. Yeah. 
And that's like where the idea for BYOB emerged. And she uh, came up with the name, the logo, did the website, like she does all the social media. And, uh, and I do the bartending and it's been like such, just like an unexpected joy. You know, I, I really thought it was just going to be something every once in a while, but it's really, I, I love it. You know, yesterday I did a mixology class last night and it was so much fun. I, I love seeing the smiles, right. I've come from, um, from this work and, and it's just. They're very different, obviously. They're very different um, jobs, but I find joy in both of them. And it's interesting when you say that because it, it it does like there's that core of relationships in both, right? Oh, yeah. Which is what you talked about before, yeah. like the the relationships play a huge role. Absolutely. And with bar- the reason I even yeah. wanted to pursue bartending was like cheers. I wanted to be like, yeah, I'm alone and everything <laughs> tells you all their problems. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's something that's very really really yeah. yeah. And then they can sit there and take their paws and figure out what it is and they want to do with their body. Yeah. Um, and I just want to put a plug there because you've also been doing bartending for organizations yeah. as team building exercises. So I think that, you know, like as we're talking about joy and work and well-being, there, there are ways in which you can bring these. I, I just love that quote that you said about we took the work very seriously, but we did not take ourselves very seriously. Like a cipher shoot, I like her in with that. Okay, I yeah. will definitely quote him. <laughs> um, but you know, I think that that is um, what that is something that it's people and organizations should embrace more, right? Like these opportunities and these spaces where people can be themselves and interact in different ways and uh, so BYOB is doing this type of events so um, anyone that's interested in appreciate the information absolutely absolutely um, okay all right so you've had a lot of different experiences in leadership positions you're now at a national level leading um, you've done it nationally locally in various um, ways and I'm curious if you look at that when you are trying to create a culture of joy, right? So now you're in positions where you're responsible for creating that. What do you think are one or two of the most important qualities that you've developed that have helped you to do that in teams? Yeah, I think, um, really, I, I feel like I broke a record, but I think relationships, like kind of the connecting mm-hmm. with people at any level, really getting to know them, um, understanding them at you know, in every aspect is, is really important. Like as a team getting, doing the work of getting to know, um, everyone on the team being in it, like what it's that level five leadership. I really believe in that. Like, yeah, if we need to clean the bathrooms, whatever needs to happen, you're in it. Like you're in it with everyone, um, doing the work. I think this, this, having a, a vision and making sure that everyone is sort of connected mm-hmm. and and knows what their role is and bringing that vision to life mm-hmm. and being very clear about that um is really important and i think all of that gets to trust mm-hmm. and and ultimately and i had somebody tell me this which was one of the it, it's weird but it's one of the like best compliments i've ever had as a leader they said, like, if you told me to lay down in the middle of the street, just lay there, I would do it. Because I know that you're doing it with the best, like, it's for some reason that it would be good for me. And yeah. And that, which was weird, I was like, I would never ask. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just that, to me, what that showed me was that I had developed such a strong level of trust 
with my team that even if it was something like absurd, mm-hmm. they knew that it was coming with the best, like there was a reason and a purpose yeah. for it. And I yeah. think those things that I mentioned, like you need to that level of trust. Mm-hmm. And when you have that in a team, like that's, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And we'll go deeper into those in our next episode, but just to recap relationships, be in it with your team, mm-hmm. making sure everyone is connected to the mission, totally agree. And then that all builds on trust. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm and like a diagram there. I'm going to go into that, like fully invested, like doing the little things for your team. Um, I'm reading a book. Well, actually I just finished it um, called Chief Joy Officer, which is something. Have you read that? No. Oh, oh but I, I, I love that. I love that. Yes. Title. Um, and just for our audience to be on the lookout, cause we're actually going to interview, uh, the author of that book, but he talks about this concept of, um, the cultural custodian and it's exactly what you're talking about. And he says in the book, really the person that's responsible for that is the CEO or, but I think like that translates to the leader, right? Whoever the leader of the team is, they are responsible for making sure that the culture is invested Mm -hmm. um, and by doing that by example. So I'm really glad you brought out that point. Okay, we're coming up to the end here. We have two last questions kind of together. So if you had, um, we wanna be really actionable and we wanna get some specific advice for you. So two pieces, specific advice for people who are looking to, looking at their own career and they're saying, how do I have more joy in my work life? What is the piece of advice you would give? And then what is the piece of advice you would give to leaders to build a hard joy from workplace? I, yeah, I think for the first one, again, I, I think of it as like joy in life and then work being mm-hmm. a part of that. So what brings joy to your life? What, you know, what does a joyful lifestyle look like? And how do you, you know, what kind of work aligns with that? Um, and, and I get it. I fully get like I, I I spoke at um at a women's event for the University of West Florida like as part of Nature which was amazing and it was um a, one of my friends and I who had done like a big career change and like pause and reflected and this woman came up to me after she said listen I'm married with three kids I cannot call my husband so like I love the story but and I and I get it of course and I and what I told her was like I I understand like that was a very unique opportunity and and I had like the the time the privilege like the the circumstances to be able to do it but whether it's like three months in Barcelona or a day that you just step out and really think about what what brings you joy like what brings you happiness what are the things like you've probably acquired through time the things that don't but what does and and how do you get to those and i think getting that clarity of the things that do bring you joy will help you find them no matter in the circumstances what you know in most circumstances i think that that um that would be my advice thinking of it more holistically Mm -hmm. and less about like what job brings me joy but more so like what destroy my life the break yeah. yeah and then um i think the other piece sorry can you repeat the second the, the second part is for organizational leaders. leaders yeah um i think that being very intentional mm-hmm. and building relationships with people um having a clear vision mm-hmm. about what 
you do as a company, as an organization, and getting people to sort of buy into it. In my, in my organization now, going back to your point around the CEO kind of leads a lot of this, the CEO does, for every onboarding, we have a session called Culture Keepers. Mm -hmm. And she's the one that does that session because it's sort of, it's coming from her, but it's also like there's this ownership that everyone has about being a keeper of the culture and the organization. And, I, and I'll say this, this is another thing that we, you know, talked a lot about in, in one of the organizations. You don't just work at a place, you work on a place. You make it mm -hmm. better. That is and that means that sometimes you challenge it. That means sometimes you're vocal and that, that you know, you, you, you are part of making that place better mm -hmm. and live up to its mission. Mm -hmm. And so I think, like, I, I would um, recommend that every people sort of create a culture where that level of feedback and that ownership on everyone making this place a better place, a joyful place, yeah. is, is critical. I love that. Felt good. Vivian, thank you. This has been like, it's been a great conversation. There's so many points of reflection and I'm so grateful that we got to hear your story mm -hmm. and all the like, not only like the personal lessons that you've learned, but then how you apply those because you're making other people's lives better. And I'm so grateful we were able to have you. Thank you. Know, it's been so much fun. Thank you so much. And not a lot of for all of our devices to be recording. Because <laughs> <laughs> if there was any glitch, I'm gonna die. Because it was such a good conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love having you. And uh, I wish we could invite you to many more episodes because you know it's there is a lot of um, you know magic that you brought to the conversation and that you can contribute to our audience. So. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion as much as we have. We want to know your thoughts, so please DM us on Instagram. We are at the number nine to the number five joy podcast, or you can message us on LinkedIn, um, or you can always send us an old-fashioned email. Again, the number nine to the number five joy podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, spread the joy.